But then it also comes from my family. Like my parents have always told me to like speak up, right? Never shadow away from who you are. And if you got something to say, say it. If you don't have anything to say, then don't say it. Like just be yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have, right? If you're trying to be someone else and, and fake it, then you are going to go home and you are going to be miserable. I'd rather have people tell me that they don't agree with me than everyone kissing my ass because I'm faking it. That, that won't benefit me in any kind of way. Welcome to the Inside Game with your host, Dr. Julie Amato. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Inside Game podcast. I'm Julie Amato. I'm a clinical and sports psychologist, and I work with college and professional athletes on their mental wellness and mindset. The goal of this podcast is to learn about how great athletes develop their inside game, how they mentally prepare, handle setbacks, and make sense of their life experiences. This week's conversation is with Amanda Zowie B. Amanda just finished her sixth WNBA season as the starting center for the New York Liberty. She averaged a career high nine points and 8.5 rebounds per game while also leading all WNBA centers shooting 34% from three point range. Zowie grew up in Sweden and has been a member of their national team since age 13. She played college basketball at the University of Minnesota before being drafted second overall by the Tulsa Shock in 2015. This conversation with Zowie was a lot of fun. She's very genuine and authentic, and she has a great soul, just a great sense of humor, wonderful person. Let's dive right into this conversation with Amanda Zowie B. Amanda, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're having coffee together, me in Pennsylvania and you in Russia, which is like so cool. It's so cool. It's so far away from each other. It's so far. <laughs> it's so far. It's rainy and dark here. Uh, it's the morning. I don't know what it's like. Where yeah, you it's been raining and thundering all day here. Yeah. So it it's like, just now starting to clear up. Yeah. It's super good to see you. Yeah, you too. I know. It's fun. It's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, I've been following, though, this year, and what a crazy like year in general, and in the W in particular. Yeah. I mean, 2020 has definitely been a year to remember, <gasps> on and off the court. <laughs> yeah, whichever. Well, yeah, but I think it's like... This is something that we like all going to remember. And I think that's kind of why it's happening. Cause like we take so much things for granted, like, you know, and this year we literally going to remember every single day during quarantine. Like, you know, this was a great day or this was an awful day. Like I did the same shit, but I'm still gonna remember it, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's gonna be a memorable year, whether we like it or not. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. Um, <laughs> the quarantine thing has messed with a lot of people, I think. Um, your situation didn't look terrible. It, it looked okay, but how did it feel? Because it was like Florida and sunshine and friends, but I know it was also yeah. a lot of restricted movement. 
Yeah, well, that was like the second, my second quarantine. My first one was when I had to leave Turkey to go back home. So I left in like, what, April? No, March? March, maybe? And I was home until I left for the bubble. So like, I actually did like the real quarantine and when we just like got home, did home workouts with my mom and brother and my best friend. But then quarantine in Florida was like, didn't even feel like it. Like the bubble was not that bad. Like we had a pool, I got to do what I love. I got to play basketball, be around all of these like all-stars and legends and close friends. It was great. Where was my invite, Zowie? Where was I'm, my invite? Man. <laughs> man, so many people wanted to come into the bubble I and I was like, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Where's your plus one? <laughs> I know. One. Dang it. Know. it. It didn't look that bad. Um, but then again, I also think that kind of depends on mindset. And I feel like you are a person who... I don't know. I feel like you, you tend to see the glass half full. Am I right about that? Well, I mean, it is what you make it to, but like, I ain't gonna lie. Like I had my days where I was like, I need to get the hell out of here. Like I am breaking into pieces, but that's kind of like where I try to surround myself with great humans. And obviously I didn't pick my teammates. Um, so the people that picked them literally picked great as human beings that picked me up when needed, um, that I had to pick up. And then, you know, we just had so much fun. But yeah, it's definitely what you make it to. Like a situation can be trash, but if you're trying to think of it, like find something that is positive or better than your past situation, then it should be fine, at least for a couple hours. <laughs> And that you do it all over again, and all of a sudden the day is over and you start again. I know. I love that. That is like that should be in a book. A situation could be trash, but, the, but then you find yeah. something about it and surround yourself with good ass humans. That's what I took from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good ass humans. We need them, <laughs> dude. I know we do. I know we do. I know. Um, you know. I, so just a little like background, obviously you and I met a year or so ago now, I want to say a year ago, mm -hmm. May, when I was doing mm -hmm. some consulting with the Liberty. And this year when I was like, man, I really want to start a podcast and talk to WNBA players. Like you were literally, and you know this, you were like the first on my mind. I was like, I have got to get Zowie on here. Yeah. And a big piece of that is, I don't know. Well, first of all, you're just fun to talk to, but you just have like so much more going on than basketball. I mean, your basketball journey is ridiculously interesting as well, but it's like, right. it like barely cracks the top five interesting things about you, I think. Um, just from like, obviously being from Sweden and then coming over here and playing and you've been all over the world and yeah, you just have such a interesting perspective on life and you're passionate about so many things. and. I like literally lost sleep last night trying to figure out what the heck to talk to you about because it's like there's so many fun, like fun things. Um, even though I just said basketball is like barely cracks the top five interesting things about you. I, I do think it'd be kind of fun to hear about your journey a little. I know you're a big reader, right. so maybe like the chapters of the life of Amanda Zowie B. Oh man, so the first one, 
The first one would definitely be when I, I got my first basketball. And I think that's like when my life really started. So like I was 10, did not want to play basketball, didn't know anything about it besides Michael Jordan. Yeah, and my parents kind of pushed me to try it out. And we were pulling up to the gym, me and my daddy, and it was raining, like it was dark, it was fall. And, you know, in Sweden, it gets dark really early in the day um, during the fall and winter time. So it was raining. I remember we pulled out outside the gym and I was about to go inside and I was like, damn, I don't have no basketball shoes. I don't have basketball. Like, oh, this going to suck. And he was like, just come to the trunk. And he had me, he handed me this like brown leather ball. And like, mind you, I didn't know anything about basketball, but that's literally when I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, I love it. Um, and I tucked it under my hoodie and I ran into the gym and I was soaking wet from the rain and I was like, okay, cool. Now I got my basketball. I sat down in the circle. They didn't know a single person. And the coach, all right, let's go do layups. I don't know what the hell a layup is. I, I don't know. But like, I just fell in love with it. And I think opening that trunk was like that's that's me opening up my life like that's when my life starts um so I guess that's that's like (laughs) yeah so I think that's like my first chapter and then yeah I just sucked throughout the whole chapter I just sucked (laughs) (laughs) we could just breeze through that that's quick reading just fast forward (laughs) yeah and then I don't know, I fell in love with the game. And I had, once again, I had great as humans around me. Um, I was hanging out with the guys at the gym and just hooping against them. Um, not because I was good enough, but only because like, I liked the physicality of the game that they were playing. And I always been a person that talked trash and that's what they did. And they didn't really care that I was a girl. Um, and I just got better and I loved it. And that's how I spent my summers uh, from the age of 10 to 13 when they called me to go with the national team. And I think that's when another chapter started, yeah. like the national team, like Team Sweden. Uh, I was 13, played with girls that were 16. And I've been in the national team since then. I'm 27. And then... Next, if I remember your journey correctly, um, you went away for a bit for school. Is that right? Yeah. So I moved out when I was 15, turned about to turn 16 uh, for high school. So I moved out and uh, it was only like 40 minutes away without traffic from my parents' house. So they came to every home game besides one throughout my whole high school career. And um, yeah, then I moved to Minnesota. All right. And then I became officially Americanized. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does that even mean? Oh man, first of all, I don't really have a Swedish accent. So I think that's the first thing that people are like, oh, you sound American. You kind of do. Well, you totally do. I know. I know, but I have I have a slight accent. Uh, but then what else? Yeah, um, 
I guess I'm not like the typical European or Swedish person. Like I'm just, I just did very well in America. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, agree. Um, but what I didn't know about that University of Minnesota journey, you know, I just read your Players Tribune article from like 2015. I didn't realize you redshirted a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was a that's also a whole chapter. Um, so I was supposed to go to uh, the U. I was supposed to move summer of 2011, I believe. And uh, most teams in Europe, and this is a fact, and it's like a hidden fact because it's like you're not supposed to talk about it. But oh. most teams in Europe want to keep their players in Europe, right? If you have a great player, then you want them to stay there and become the face of the club and lead the club to as many championships and bring as many great Americans other foreigners so you can be the champions of Europe. Um, so, or they just want you to be stay in Europe because America is like a different world. Um, so once I decided to go to school in America and um, that I was going to visit uh, the Federation uh, of the Swedish Basketball or Swedish Basketball Federation, they were not a fan of it. So instead of encouraging a young, promising player um, to go live their dream and, you know, try out college, because you can always try college and then go pro. You can go pro and then try college. Right. Um, instead of encouraging them, they decided that it was better to go into my to my school and tell them to lower my grades oh. because I had missed classes due to basketball. Mind you, I went to school because of basketball, right? Um, so that is sketchy. Right, my dad is not a person who cuss and fuss, and he's like the calm in the family. Um, he stormed in in my school and we had just got a new principal and he sat him down and cussed everybody out. Mm -hmm. um, one, it's not fair, it's disrespectful for all the hard, hard work that I did as a student to represent the school well on, on the court and off the court, right? But also you just don't, as grown people, you just don't go and crush a kid's dreams. You don't do that. Um, so, I had to retake the SAT and I hadn't studied it because my grades were good enough. So like if I got a lower point on my SAT that my grades were still going to hold me down. Yeah. Well, now my grades were low, so I couldn't really do that. And I graduated high school, but, and I, and I committed to the University of Minnesota, um, but I couldn't go because my grades weren't good enough. So that whole fall, instead of going to the U.S., I had to sit at home and study the SAT with a tutor from the U.S. So my daddy had um, the SAT book on the kitchen table. And my room, when I get out of my room, I see the kitchen table. That's the first thing I see. So I had the SAT book right there. And then he had uh, a prof professional contract on the other side. So every day I had to decide whether I wanted to study or go pro. Which is really hard yeah. for yeah. a high school kid. Um, 
where my dream has always been to play professionally and make money and, you know, be out of my parents' house. And now I couldn't do that if I wanted to live my newly found dream. So, yeah. So then I moved December 25th because I finally passed SAT and I took ACT and TOEFL and everything. So, yeah. So that, that's a chapter that a lot of people don't actually know about me. They just know that I redshirted, but they don't really know why. I think that's, I mean, what your dad did was interesting. I mean, he put like the temptation like right, right there for you to see like, hey, here's what right. you want it and made you decide every day. Wow. So when you got there, it was after a lot of thought and like wanting to be there and wanting to pursue that. Right. And you like totally kick ass in Minnesota, obviously eventually right when you get there yeah eventually yeah like tossing people around scoring a lot rebounding a lot you know yeah. making a name for yourself right um and then you win like big 10 player of the year you're like an all-american and you decide to enter early into the draft which was like a little yeah. bit unheard of at the time um, yeah yeah i think it's like only a few plays had done it before me, uh, before me and Jewel, because Jewel Lloyd decided to do it the same year. Yeah. Um, and the crazy part about that is that we were actually like we really close, and that that was like the beginning of our friendship, a beautiful friendship. Um, and we were really close, and we talked almost every day. So I had just seen her in Tampa for the final four. She was about to play the final, and I declared like a minute right before the deadline. And they got out the next morning. So she texted me and was like, dude, I'm declaring too. Like, how are we so close and we haven't told each other? And I was like, shit, I was supposed to keep it on the download. Like I didn't even know until like I really declared that this was something that I was going to do. But yeah, I left two years early, which is also like a lot. Yeah. Two years is a lot. That is a lot. Are do any any regrets or do you feel good about it? I feel good about it. Um, I definitely didn't think that my journey was going to go the way or my career was going to go the way it ended up going. Um I had a whole different plan in my head and you know, I had made up my mind and how life was going to play out. Um obviously it didn't go the way I planned it, but it went the way he planned. When you say your career didn't go as you thought it would, what was your what was your vision that did not unfold? Well, like when you when you get drafted second, like overall pick out of all the players in the world, you're like, oh shit, I'm about to be balling, you know, like I'm about to be that player, and then it turns out that you're not, and you are about to learn so much more about yourself and like your game is about to expand, right? I went from being a solid post player on the block and I was way bigger to now starting the offense with grabbing a rebound and just starting it, dribbling and picking, popping and attacking and guarding smaller players. And that was never something that I thought I was going to be doing. Right. I thought I was going to be this like focal post player, Sylvia Faust, but heavier and bigger. Right. 
um, and only guarding like the Sylvia's and BG's. Um, instead, now I'm running around chasing Satu and John Quill Jones and Della Dog uh, and picking and popping. So, and that took time, right? When you're, when I was younger, well, I still want thing. I want results right away. I don't. I'm. I'm very like. I need everything to be perfect, but I don't want it to take a long time. I want it to happen right away. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. It took me five years, but really four and a half before I even started playing. Yeah. Because I did have. I. I had to find myself on a professional level. Mm -hmm. Right. My name was known and heard of on the college level. Right. But I never made that statement in the WNBA until later on. Yeah. So that was kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at a photo of you being, you know, you were dressed, <laughs> you spit your coffee out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like everyone talk about this picture, like the last two weeks, that's all people talk about. Really? Well, it's adorable, first of all. Um, but you're right, your body size, I mean, like the way you're yeah. built has totally shifted and changed. I mean, the way you describe yourself as kind of like a, a big presence in the post and which you still are, I mean, you're still tall and strong, Yeah. Um, but man, you're like draining threes. You're doing all kinds of things. Um, I know it's a whole different player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're way more versatile, which is, which is cool, but I, I mean, I can see in your face, like the patience required to kind of wait to develop was not, that wasn't any fun for you. No, it wasn't. Um, Cause I was like, damn, I'm, I'm so eager to be out there. And I had this plan on how my WNBA career was going to play out. And it's yeah. like, damn, every day feels like three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, did you feel like you were a disappointment? Is that what you were feeling? Oh, a lot of times, often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not only for like what other people were going to think, like that's just the extras, but mostly for myself, right? I said, I like to be perfect. So um, to understand the perfection is not going to be perfect, but like in order to be perfect, you have to fail and you have to stumble and you have to take step backs and just sit that was like the hardest part for me and still is but yeah yeah that's um wow there's wisdom in that that's going to help somebody what you just said because i do think so many high level athletes um have that mindset of like i want it and i want it now and i'm putting it in a work but i'm not seeing a result and then what does that mean you know yeah um, but you had to keep pushing and kind of reinventing yourself but what's cool about you, and this is something I wanted to get into too, I mean, it seems to me like you've not just reinvented yourself on the basketball court, but just the growth and evolution of you as a human. Like, you're you're an interesting, cool human. Um, in Thank so you. Ways, you really <laughs> are uh, in so many ways. And when I first met you, that was something that struck me right away. First of all, observing you at practice with, with your teammates, mm -hmm. like you're fun like you're passionate and you're fun and you bring the energy and i feel like you like consistently would bring the energy um so there was that part which was really fun like like i would love to have you as a teammate like you're you're <laughs> thank you your vibe is so good 
and and you know, I'm sure that's true on any team that you're on. Is that like, is that like just who you are, or do you just decide ahead of time, like, yo, know, like it's my role to bring the energy? Like, is it natural for you? How does that work? It's more so natural. Like, I just first and foremost, I love the game of basketball. Right, basketball brings me joy, and to do it with other people who loves it is just just as much as me brings me brings me even more joy. But then to see my friends and teammates be successful, that's the best part of it. And if I see that someone is having a rough day or whatever, like, you know, spread a little bit of light, like it, it can never hurt anyone. I really think that God put me on earth to spread light more so than shooting jump shots and blocking shots. Um, to spread his light. So that's kind of like how I'm trying to live each and every day. If I can make you smile, then hopefully you can spread that smile and pass it on to someone else and then they are going to pass it on. And all of a sudden it's like 30 people just smiling, you know? Even me right now. <laughs> yeah, right? So hopefully someone's going to see this and be like, oh my God, this is making me smile. And they gonna go to a coffee shop and just smiling. And someone who's having a bad day is going to see it and then they go into smile, you know? That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I, I think that part leaps off the page and is so easy to see with you. I mean, even just when you play and you compete, I mean, you're definitely like a, a fist pump person. You're definitely elevating other people. Like you, you're so right. excited, you know, when you play and you're emotional in, in the best possible way. Um, yeah. But I also think having had an opportunity just to have a couple conversations with you. Um, I feel like you're also just very deep, um, you know, <laughs> this deep authenticity to you. And so some days maybe you're not feeling it. Yeah. Know? And for you're, sure, you're going to say that it'd be like, I'm not feeling it right now. Um, and you've done that this season, even in some interviews where you're like, man, I don't want to talk about basketball. Like people are dying and you know, stuff's going yeah. not cool. And, and I've always appreciated that sort of real, genuine authenticity about you. Um, can you talk about that a little? Because I think so many professional athletes or stars are very carefully curating their image and mm -hmm. they aren't really willing to be vulnerable or to say like, man, I'm struggling with something. And I think you're different in that way. Yeah, well, I think the first thing I want to say is like the W is doing a great job of allowing us to just be who we are, right? To stand up for what we believe in and speak our minds. Um, and there's a sisterhood within the 144 players, more or less, who come in and out, um, where we really just support each other. But then it also comes from my family. Like my parents have always told me to like speak up right? Never shy away from who you are. And if you got something to say, say it. If you don't have anything to say, then don't say it. Like, just be yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have, right? If you're trying to be someone else and, and fake it, then you are going to go home and you are going to be miserable. I'd rather have people tell me that they don't agree with me than everyone kissing my ass because I'm faking it. That that won't benefit me in any kind of way. Yeah. Totally. Kind of harsh, but yeah. 
No, <laughs> I actually, again, I think this is one of the best things about you. One of your elite skills is, I think, just being authentic and real. Yeah. Not everyone is like that. Um, but I think that's a big piece of why people are drawn to you. They know they're going to get what's real. Mm -hmm. um, they know that they're going to get uh, love and that you're going to lift people up. And you, you bring such great vibes. And then there are these other times when you're just like, man, like, you know, things are a little hard right now. So you're one of the most fun people to follow, I think, on social media because, <laughs> dang, like, I should have printed out your feed, like your Twitter feed. It is. Oh, nice. my God, my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, but like Twitter is really like that platform though, right? So Instagram is like a little bit more shallow. Like you got to look a certain way. You can't say too much. You can't do too much. You know, you got to be popular. Twitter is like raw. Like I'm going to tell you ever the F I feel. Yeah. And if no one's going to like my tweet, then I don't really give a damn. But I said it. And you can find any and anything on Twitter. I love it. Yeah. Literally, like, I can ask, should I have tea or coffee today? And then someone's going to be like, you know what? Drink coffee because Black Lives Matter. You know what? Now you're just inspiring me to tweet about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And we're going to protect our trans uh, people, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't say that on Instagram. It's like, oh, no, everything is glitter and glamour and plastic. Yeah. Well, I that's just how I feel. No, I, <laughs> you're, you're so right. You're spot on, as per usual. But... Um, one other thing just that's kind of rolling around in my brain as I think about your awesome Twitter feed is, um, you know, you tweeted at one point, you're like, is the rainbow not evident in me? Like, why do people not? <laughs> Can we please talk about this? Yeah. Okay. We need to talk about this. I have I'm crossing hear. my legs because I am tired. <laughs> so I actually, I actually just asked my teammate, Alex Bentley, this, I was like, do I not look gay enough? Like, I am, I'm very flattered. I get a lot of DMs and people, you know, trying to take me out and, you know, you're beautiful. I feel like literally 98.9 is men. Damn. And I'm like, damn, like, am I not, you know? And like, ain't nothing wrong with being straight, obviously, because like, you can love whoever you want to love. Right. Do that. That's that's on you, not on me. I love women. And I keep having these men coming in my DMs. Hey baby. Hey shorty. No, first of all, no. Like, do you not see the rainbow? And then Stokes was like, Well, um, what what did Stokes say? She says something about like, yeah, but we so beautiful that they just want to turn us to her up. And I'm like, ain't nothing to turn over here. I, I, I do feel so good. I, yeah. You did cross your legs with a purpose when I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you like flung your leg over. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing wrong with being straight. Love who you want to love. Just not for me. I know. Well, for anyone listening, the DMs can stop if you're male. Like, female DMs only <laughs> for Amanda. Oh my God. No, seriously. Oh my God. Um, you're right. Your Twitter feed is so fun. I mean, it is. It can be as simple as I'm going to have coffee or tea and I'm not sure. Or like, I need a glass of wine tonight. I mean, you really like... Or a bottle. Or a whole bottle <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> like a never-ending pour. <laughs> the goblet of wine. And I just love that about you, Amanda. Like, you, 
like I'm like it makes me want to come over and have that glass of wine with you because you're real you're like man I'm struggling tonight or like this is just one of those like full bottle of wine kind of nights yeah and I think as a mental health person having someone who's in the public eye be so transparent I think about your moods or how you're feeling or your emotional states right. is, is powerful it's powerful and then you take it like a step further and I noticed you've been following this I am mantra which is so cool like I feel like it's yeah. positive affirmations that you start your day with is that something kind of new for you I mean why do you do that uh, I don't know when I started following them, but in the beginning, I was like, cool, like, I don't like what they're saying, so I just read it, and then I was like, you know what, some people need to see this, so I just started retweeting it, like, for myself, because I, I actually read their tweets out loud, it's yeah. like, all right, today I am strong, and I'm beautiful, or today I'm allowing myself to feel pain, right, yeah. so retweeting that, so someone else might see it, and I'm just liking them, but I don't know, I really, like, I go on Twitter. I'm trying not to be on social media before 12 uh, p.m. I'm trying. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> but so though, their tweets are, like, one of the first that I see. And it's like, I don't know, I just like them. Yeah. It's cool because it does have, like, this kind of almost, like, meditation um, positive yeah. affirmation piece to it where it's, it's set in the tone of your day and just so you know you sharing it makes me read it and then I'm like oh, yeah. the root of joy is gratefulness oh that's a nice way to start that's a nice thought yeah yeah so I, I just so you know your your intention to spread light is working and thank you so, so that's helpful um you know I don't know if this is something that you're willing to talk about, but one of the things I did notice too out there, and, and I think I ended up texting you about this later, but I noticed that you said that you did some therapy, you started therapy. Yeah. I, Amanda, like, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, because there are the Kevin Loves of the world and not, you know, Kayla McBrides and people talking about like, hey, like sometimes, yes, we're professional athletes, but we're humans too. And mm -hmm. I was like, yes, Amanda. Um, can you talk about that? Like, how did you know you needed to do that? And has it been helpful? Oh, man. I mean, I think it started when I first had my conversation with you. Um, and I was like, dude, like, I need to talk. I don't know how to handle this anymore. Like, we all go through so many things. And it's like, we think we know how to take care of them. But then, like, we just bundle them up and we put them, like, somewhere else in our body so we won't feel them. But then something will take it off and it's like, oh shit, it's back here. Yeah. And you haven't really dealt with it the way you needed to deal with it or you haven't talked to someone that's really not gonna judge you at all. During this um, quarantine and in May, so everything happened with uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd. And I'm very big on mental health, right? But, and I know myself when I go down, like when I just go into like a darker, a deeper place, um, and it, it took like two seconds. Watching the video of Maude Aubrey and hearing the shots fired, like it literally put me into depression, like, right? And um, then the whole George Floyd incident or murder, not even incident. And I was like, damn, like, what am I gonna do? Right, we can talk about it, I can tweet about it, I, I can read my books, I can pray, but like, I need 
to get whatever's inside of me out. And I don't know who to talk to. Not that I can't talk to my parents because I talk to them. Not that I cannot talk to my best friends because I can. But like, I need help because I don't feel well, right? And I wanted to be a person of color. And so she set me up with this amazing man, uh, Blake. Love him, literally. Like, I talked to him as, like, we are talking now. Like, I feel like he's one of my best friends. And it started off just talking about Black lives and that we matter and everything that, that is going on in the world. And, and now we talk about everything. We talk about relationships. We talk about um, the past. Uh, we talk about games, why I didn't play well or why I played well or how I feel in the bubble or how I feel in Russia, you know? Um, and. I don't know, it's just so important to me. Like now it, when something happens that I'm not comfortable with, I'm like, damn, I gotta tell, tell Blake about this. Or when something great happens, I'm like, yeah, I gotta tell Blake about this because I just made some progress, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And like therapy is not always when something is bad. And I think that's where like, we kind of get lost in it. Mm -hmm. Like we only talk to a therapist when things are bad rather than, you know what, I can talk to them because I'm celebrating something. Yep. And I just want to let it out or I need someone's feedback or whatever the case is, but yeah. So I'm very open about it now. I wasn't when we were talking because <laughs> I was still learning I know. and accepting the fact, but. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> you took that first step though back then. And, you know, I'm so ha I was so happy for you when I saw that and I, I actually, I love that you brought up about wanting your therapist to be a person of color because, you know, way back before it was sort of in, in vogue, the last conversation I had with you, um, and I don't know if you'll remember this, but I asked you, I love getting feedback and I, I knew you were going to tell me the truth. And so I just said like, Amanda, how can I do better for you or for the league? Or how can mm -hmm. the league do better by you as, as athletes with respect to mental health? How could the Liberty do better by you? And you said to me, I really like talking to you, but you look like Beck. Mm -hmm. And by Beck, you meant Rebecca Allen, to which mm -hmm. I was like receiving the biggest compliment of my life. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I look like Rebecca Allen. I'm like, she's like a gorgeous... Australia, like cool yeah. basketball player. I was like, thank you, Amanda. And then I was like, oh wait, I don't think this is a couple, but necessarily no. Yes. And you said you look like Beck, and the majority of us are brown and black skinned people, and so yeah. the league really needs to do a better job of providing resources for us that look like us. And right. I like, wow. Okay, I get it. Um. And so, you know, and everybody's different with respect to what they look for in a, in a therapist or in a counselor. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that. And, and what that did for me is, of course, I can't, you know, change the color of my skin. I was yeah. asking for feedback and I can't do that. But I can become a more vocal white ally. I can educate mm -hmm. myself. I can take steps, you know, to spread messaging that's important and be sensitive to that and ask those mm -hmm. questions. Okay, like, hey, is, is there a different recommendation or referral I can give you, you know? So yeah. I appreciate that about you. Like you you're going to always yeah. tell me the truth. I remember that we just have those conversations and that's why I appreciate you because you open 
to hear our side of the story without telling us the oh and the buts, <laughs> but rather how can I support you or how can I spread the word? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I appreciate that from you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. When I'm thinking about what kind of brought you to the place where you're like, man, I need to reach out because I'm not doing well. What that gets me thinking about for you too is one of your mental superpowers, I think, is you think and feel very deeply. Mm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Sometimes your greatest strength can also be the thing that's your, your weakness in a way. I don't mm. your weakness, but there is a a consequence to that sometimes mm -hmm. if you're a very deep thinker and a very deep feeler which you are that's when you say you hear those gunshots on a video and you feel away like straight away and not just yeah. the, oh that's sad like rock you to your core yeah um, i mean do you agree with that that's kind of one of the a hundred percent yeah 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 but at the same time it makes you a wonderful friend and teammate and person walking through the world, but sometimes you have to carry a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm working on that though. I'm working on it. Yeah. You know, trying not let everything dig such a deep hole in me, whether it's like positive or negative. Like sometimes it's okay for it to just like scratch the surface and then move on. It's hard. Yeah. Because I've been like this for 27 years, but. Yeah, I know. I know. And you don't want to necessarily change the parts about you that make you, you. Right. But you got to be able to get up out of bed and function if, you know, something happens <clears throat> in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that about you. I love talking to you. Um, look, I don't know if there are more things to, <laughs> but um, are there other things that you want to say? Because I feel like you do have so many good things to say and mm -hmm. people can learn so much from you and you've, you've said a lot, but... Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like you said a lot. You did. You said yeah. a lot of words. We've talked about a lot of things. Um, but thank you for your, your passion, your, your vulnerability, you know, your sharing, your authenticity. It's, it's so refreshing. You know, to talk thank with somebody you. like you, and and I'm so grateful for your time. Oh yeah, thank you. We finally did it. We finally did it. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Amanda. If people want to follow you, what where can they do that on social media? Amanda's how we be. Instagram, Twitter is more entertaining. Clearly, but clearly, but those are the two. Yeah, as we established. All right, thanks, Amanda. Good talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Inside Game. Please remember to like, subscribe, and comment to support the podcast.